What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast, our mission to spark hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. When you finish a podcast, our hope is that our community would be inspired to live different, to live freely and boldly because of the love of Jesus. We'll be your hosts. I'm Zach. And I'm Brooke. Let's go. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Yes. Welcome. Um, We have a really awesome, incredible all-star interview today. That's right. Today, our guest is Andy Pettit. Come on, people. The actual GOAT, the legend of baseball. (laughs) Zach, I know you know all about baseball, so give us a little taste of what Andy Pettit has accomplished in his career. I know you got all the lowdown on that. Well, you know, growing up, Brooke, playing baseball my entire life from the age of four, I yep. have always been a fan of the New York Yankees. And Come on. Andy Pettit was one of the original core four members. So it was Ooh. Andy Pettit, Derek Ooh. Jeter, Mariano Rivera, and Jorge Posada, who won five World Series championships five with World the New Series. York Yankees. Five World Come Series on. together. So just think about this. Andy Pettit competed in eight World Series. Oh he gosh. won five of them. I mean, he has so many ridiculous accolades in and through his name he's one of the greatest pitchers to ever play the game of baseball yes. and so to have him on was just something it was spectacular i was kind of fangirling a little bit just knowing <laughs> him and just being able to have him and hear his testimony and hear some of the things that he's gone through that he's battled through but i think you know something that resonated with me just up front before you dive in and share a little bit that resonated with you was just yeah how he talks about his worth and his value is not in his successes or his failures of a game, right? Because that stuff is so fleeting that he was truly committed to the process of his faith. Mm -hmm. And he, I think, was made perfect in his weaknesses as he shared in through the interview and just understanding that everything that came his way throughout life, that God ultimately brought it back for a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so just to see Andy and to hear what God brought him out of and to hear the difficulty the challenges but yet his consistency and trying yeah and andy's success is self-evident both as a baseball player but also like as a father as a friend as a teammate and that was just really cool too. just be able to talk with someone who's such a legend in so many areas yeah and as we know like success leaves clues Mm -hmm. and andy graced us with some clues all throughout this interview and i think one that specifically stood out to me that i'm excited you guys get to hear more about in the interview was just the importance of surrounding yourself with people Mm -hmm. who are going to encourage you who are going to sharpen you like hebrews 10 talks about consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds and it seemed like wherever andy went like he would go here he would go there he'd go from college to the then the freaking yankees to you know being a father he was Mm. constantly surrounding um himself with people to Mm. sharpen him to hone his skill his talent his craft and i feel like that's such a good reminder for us is just to check in on our community because that's how we grow spiritually that's how we grow in life and so that was something i was really grateful that andy shared about so you guys cannot miss this interview tune in to all these clues that he leaves on how to be successful both in faith and in performance and in life we love you guys here it is mr andy thank you so much for joining us today oh you bet pleasure being here 
This is super exciting for a guy like me who grew up playing baseball since the time I was four years old, had the opportunity to play college baseball at Liberty University, and it was guys like yourself that really kind of paved the way for me, especially being a Christian athlete, a Christian Mm -hmm. baseball player, just to really kind of see how you handled yourself on the field, but also off the field and the way that you utilized your platform to just point others to Christ. So I want to say up front how appreciative I am of you and just the impact and the example you set for myself, but also countless other individuals. So just to begin, Mr. Andy, you know, up front, I'm super interested to find out when it was that you fell in love with the game of baseball and what your upbringing was like. Yeah, so, you know, I was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And we moved when I was in fourth grade to Texas. And I, I didn't play baseball when I was in, in Baton Rouge as, as, a, as a super young kid. Yeah. We played more softball in Baton Rouge. So oh, no way. <laughs> when, when I moved to Texas, my dad put me in this sport, you know, called hard baseball, you know. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I fell in love with it really and truly. At, at that age, obviously, I started, you know, when you're a young kid, you're pitching, you're hitting, you're kind of playing, oh, yeah. you know, all the positions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But at a really young age, I, you know, I was very successful at, at pitching and I was left handed. So I felt like that was a blessing. You know, there's not a, a whole lot of left handed. There's obviously more right handers and left handers. And so when you're when you're a left handed pitcher and if you can throw strikes and you have somewhat of a decent breaking ball, you, you know, you're really able to have a lot of success, you know, That's just right. because there's so many right handed hitters. They're not used to seeing the baseball running away from their barrel uh, like it does from a lefty that can kind of run the ball away. So I had a lot of success at a young age in playing baseball. I love to play all sports, though, as a young kid. You know, I played basketball, played football. Mm-hmm. And then once I got into high school, I, I realized that, you know, that I was doing a little bit better. I, you know, really enjoyed baseball and uh, thought that would be the sport for me. So basically retired from my football career uh, after my sophomore year, I got, I was a nose guard on defense. So I got tired of getting beat up, you know, so that's probably the main reason why I, I retired from football, but anyhow, so really truly love for the sport really happened at, at a young age. Um, you know, just, you know, most kids grow up playing T-ball and getting to play, you know, from the time that they're tiny, tiny, like I said, I, I didn't start really playing baseball until I was in fourth grade. Wow. Mm. Dang, Andy, something that Zach and I have kind of been talking about and something we love about you is that you are not shy about your faith. You're Mm. like, hey, it's obvious that the Lord has gifted me with talent, with work ethic, with athleticism, Mm. and it's for a greater purpose. Mm. And I think that's something so cool that you share so outwardly with people. And so a question that we had for you was just, when did this begin for you, um, this faith of Christianity, where it wasn't just a religion anymore, but it was actually this relationship with Jesus Christ that changed everything about your life? Yeah, so, you know, I, I grew up going to church, um, you know, from, from a small child. And, and, you know, when I was 11 years old, I was invited to go to a Baptist church, a little small Baptist church in the town of Deer Park where I lived. And we had just moved from Baton Rouge to, to, to Texas. And, you know, all my family grew up Catholic. And, you know, that was how, that was how I was brought up, you know. Yeah. And, 
you know, my sister had a friend of hers that invited her to go to this church revival, like an old Baptist church, church revival where you yeah. have them on Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesday nights. Oh, yeah. I don't even think they have those anymore. You know, or, you know, I know they, I don't feel like the churches that I'm going to, you know, now that, you know, they have them. But anyhow, uh, my sister, you know, went to church with a friend of hers and said, hey, you know, she came home and said, I, I accepted Jesus, you know, and, and oh. I want you to come to church with me, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up going to church the next night uh, with my sister and her friend. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that I was really like was taught and, and shown in the Bible like that, that, that I'm a sinner and I need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so mm-hmm. obviously now I know it was the Holy Spirit at the end of the service. The pastor is just like, hey, if you got questions about your faith. If you want to spend eternity in heaven, you know, walk the aisle down here. And we have people down front that will show you and talk to you, show you in the Bible what it says, you know. And, and literally that night I walked the aisles. I was 11 years old. I knew something was different. Something was had changed in me. Um, but, you know, you're still 11, right? The maturity yeah. level and stuff like that. So fast forward a few years, 15 years old, I meet my now wife, uh, Laura, who her family's enthroned is entrenched in ministry her dad's a pastor she's a pk uh so right so you really if you're gonna start dating a pk you're kind of like all right like you're in this now and so so but it's still i'm 15 right i'm 15 years old in high school and so of course at that time my face starts becoming real uh, to me, but really and truly, it, it was really when I when I when I left on my own. You know, not even when I went to college. I went to junior college close by, about thirty minutes away from where I was raised. I was there at San Jacinto Junior College for one year, and then I signed with the New York Yankees. Nineteen years old, never been out really out of Texas before, never been you know on a plane before, and. Wow. I got sent to Tampa, Florida. You know, and and now it's real. It's you're by yourself. Um, the supporting cast isn't there, you know, all the friends, the family, uh, they're not there on Sunday morning to wake you up and go to church. So I would say that whenever I was 19 years old and I was kind of shipped off by myself, you know, down to Tampa, it's like, you got to make a decision, right? You got to make a decision. The choices you're going to make, is this really real in your life? Um, and, and, you know, I feel like God really had his hand on me at a young age. He really helped me to not be worried about what people thought, you know, and not, you know, just, I'm not going to just follow the crowd. If everybody's going to go out and go drink and, and be crazy and see how many girls they could pick up or whatever. I just, I just wasn't into that. And it was, I was good with just being in the hotel room and relaxing and just, and not doing anything, you know? So, so, you know, a a long way, I guess, to get to your, to answer to your question. But I I would say, you know, when when I signed with the New York Yankees and, and, and it became real that Andy, you're going to have to, you're going to have to figure out which way you want to go here because Mm, a lot of guys are going this direction and and you need to figure out what's important to you. And at that time I knew I wanted to marry my wife, you know, Laura, Uh, I think Mm. we might've even engaged engaged at a young age and, and, um, you know, I kind of was focused on, on what I want to do with my life. And I always wanted to use my platform that Jesus had given me as a professional mm-hmm. baseball player. You know, like Zach said, I always wanted to try to, you know, I knew I wasn't perfect, but I always, I never wanted to lose my testimony for Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't want to screw up. And, and because I had shared so much early in my life, as far as where God had taken me and stuff like that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. 
that, that's, that would be the answer to my question is really around age 19, 20 years old and became when it became really, really real to me. And mm-hmm. I'm going to dig into the Bible. I'm going to study his word. I need him mm-hmm. every day to get me through each and every day. When you're at home and you have the surrounding, it's, it's, it doesn't seem like it's quite as important, but it is when you get out on your own, that's for sure. Mm, that's powerful because like you said, when you're out on your own, you're able to realize that you have to make this decision to yep. continually grow. I mean, it's a daily choice to grow in a relationship with Christ. Just like earthly relationships, we have to put forth that effort. And sometimes we need action first before we can seek his direction. But yes. God opens doors for you then because I truly believe he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And he's a rewarder of those who take those steps in obedience to the calling he's placed on our lives. And yours was baseball, sir. I mean, you go on like you said you make your debut then in 95 with the yankees you go run third in the voting for the al rookie of the year in 96 you lead the american league with 21 wins runner up for the al Cy young award and you end up going on in 96 to just lead the yankees right to beating the atlanta braves in the world series and that was one of your first of eight world series you played in First of five World Series that you won. You're part of the core four with Derek Jeter, Mariano, Jorge Posada. I mean, you are one of the greatest pitchers in Major League Baseball history, in my opinion. So when you look back at that career, sir, I mean, what was it that really kept you grounded and anchored in your faith, but also remained humble with the platform that God had given you? Well, I I really and truly, I believe that it just goes back to almost everything I just shared with you. Um, Just the the roots were, were deep. And, um, and I really believe also in, in the power of prayer. And I believe yeah. that throughout the course of my career, I had so many people praying for me. Um, I, ha- I had God had placed uh, some wonderful men uh, in my life. Um, and, you know, just, you know, obviously, uh, you know, my, my, my brother-in-laws, my obviously my father-in-law at that time. My dad, uh, my parents were wonderful parents and, and just were grounded and, and loved the Lord and just helped me also. Um, a huge thing that helped me is when I was when I was 19 years old and I got to Tampa, Florida, the first thing I did was seek out a, a great Bible-believing church. Yeah. And, and I met a pastor at Idlewild Baptist Church, Pastor Ken Witten, when I was 19 years old. And he has been a steadfast man in my life to you know, hold me accountable to, to help me journey through tough times. And we're still, uh, he's, he's like a second father to me to this day. And I'm 50 years old almost now, you know? And so those are the kind of relationships that I feel like that just God has just, has just helped me to be able to, to be able to walk through exactly what you, you know, what you just said and, and to not walk through it perfectly, but really feel like that I've walked through it well, uh, as, as a Christian man. And like I've told y'all, I wanted to be great. I did. I wanted to be a great pitcher. I wanted to be the best. I was very competitive. Um, but at the end of the day, I always wanted to be a great example for Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. And and I wanted to build relationships with guys. I wanted to impact guys for Jesus. Um, and, and I tried to do that. And, um, I feel like when you try to do that, that God, I feel like that God will help you, you know, through that. And I feel like God will help you do amazing things. And I feel like that, you know, to be able to walk, you know, through uh, my career, like I did, that that God kind of orchestrated every little bit and piece of that, just exactly like he wanted it. And, Mm -hmm. and I I believe he had his hand on me. 
And uh, like I said, I had some great teammates that were, you know, around me at times and, and were able to help me navigate through those years and stuff like that. My wife that was a huge impact on me, obviously, um, to just as a helper and a supporter and my best friend and just to help me walk through that tough times because, I mean, there, there was times that, you know, there were times that were tough, obviously, and struggles and you know the, the the roller coaster ride of being a big league ball player is is severe. I mean, there's ups yes. and there's downs and there's highs and there's lows. You know, and so, you know, I, I felt like I was able to always keep a pretty good handle on that 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 God had had touched me and had blessed me with the ability to play this game. It wasn't anything that mm-hmm. Andy Pettit had done mm-hmm. um, because I was short on talent. There's no doubt about it. I wasn't a high draft pick. I didn't get a whole, you know, this big signing bonus. I was drafted in the 22nd round out of high school. You know, there was 490 people, you know, probably I think in that draft maybe took before me. And so, uh, you know, I I just think that that really, you know, the the humility came from knowing that, God, I can't do this without you. Right. Wow. That's so powerful, Andy, to hear just your perspective even on like what you just said like i was short on talent but the lord provided Mm. because andy come on now you are the greatest of the greats you are one of the greatest of all time in all of baseball but for you to say like no this is the lord providing influence for me so that i can pour into these men around me who look up to me because of this game and i can pour the gospel into them i can live out the great commission to go make disciples teach them to obey the commands Mm. of jesus like come on thank you for doing that (laughs) firstly Um, and yeah and leading right into that like i've heard of all like the interviews that i've watched and the articles that i read there's this common thread and it's how great of a teammate that you are to the people around you i just see so many of your teammates saying like yeah andy was always having my back always encouraging me in my hardest moments and that is a testimony to your ministry through the game of baseball and i know that through that you are saying with your actions like relationships matter relationships are important and vital in the mission of jesus and I want to hear a little bit. Obviously, I know one of your greatest relationships you've already kind of been talking about with Laura. What's up? Shout out, Laura. (laughs) Behind every great man is a great woman. That's right. But I want to hear a little bit more about uh, Laura, like how she supported you. I know you started to touch on that in your career. And then any other teammates that you're like, yeah, both Laura and maybe a couple other people, you're talking about your support system, kind of made you or formed you into who you are through their support and encouragement. Yeah, so obviously Laura was a huge part of what I was able to do. And for the most part, it's just we did it together, right? I mean, we started out in the minor leagues. You know, she was with me in A-ball, grinding it out. You know, I mean, (laughs) we were pregnant. And I mean, she went to, we were in double A Albany, New York, and she was pregnant with my oldest son, Josh. And, you know, we couldn't afford anything. Like our furniture was like our boxes, like that we had moved (laughs) up to New York with, you know, and Laura's pregnant, um, sleeping on an air mattress, you you know, in in double A. And, 
And then it's just, it's just, a, it's just a rough life, right? I mean, I got called up to AAA. She's pregnant. Now she's stuck in Albany, New York by herself. Like when you get the call to the next level, you have to yeah. fly. Like I'm gone. I'm pitching yep. the next yep. night in AAA somewhere. She's in Albany, New York pregnant. Like what am I supposed to do? You know, so thank <laughs> the Lord just our parents, you know, our parents pack up, they drive up to New York from Texas and get a U-Haul and Pack her up and move, you know, move her to Ohio <laughs> where I was at the next stop, you know, and that was just our life. And I think when you walk through that, you know, and you walk through that life with someone, it, it obviously bonds you even more. And then also it's what we've been talking about as far as, I mean, our relationship is built on Jesus Christ, you know, and, and I mean, I know that I'm human. I'm going to let her down. She knows that she's going to let me down and the common thread to keep everything intact is, is our relationship being built on Jesus, you know, and he is not going to let us down. He's not going to fail us as long as we're seeking and trying to serve him. And so she's, she's been a huge, huge helpmate, uh, a huge impact on my life. Um, you know, she's, uh, you know, she's the mother hen, right? I mean, she's telling, you know, the way she's over the kids and, oh, you know, yes. y'all need to do this, y'all need to do that. You know what I mean? So it's it's just awesome. And, and she's been a huge help to me, of course, and, and in my walk and in my faith. Other people that have been, you know, big help, you know, teammates that kind of stand out to me is uh, Mariano Rivera with the New York Yankees is, is a strong, godly man. When I first got to the New York Yankees, John Wetland was there, and he was a guy that I kind of looked to that he was, a, he was a strong believer. Scott Brocious is another name as a young player, just kind of helped me walk through those early years in New York because, you know, 22, 23, 24 years old, when you're that young and almost everybody else is 30 to, to, mm -hmm. to 40, it's like – you're very uncomfortable and it's an awkward situation to be in. So to have those guys early in my career to help me navigate, you know, through and had some wonderful coaches that were believers that helped me also as I came through the minor leagues uh, that, that were just also just amazing blessings. So, you know, those are kind of the names that stand out to me. Also, I went to the Astros, you know, for three years and signed yeah. with the Houston Astros and we had a great, strong group of Christian brothers on that team. Lance Berkman's one of them. He's still one of my closest friends, a strong believer. But we had a, a really, really strong group of believers on that team also. It's so great to hear that you're able to surround yourself like with everyone saying that social support system with your wife, Laura, your teammates. And I love hearing it yeah. because I'm a newlywed, right? I've been married now for seven months. Yep. And so it's been so fun just navigating through marriage like you're talking about and having mm -hmm. someone to go through life with, having that partner and that friendship that is truly like no other, like you had with Laura as well. And you know, you guys go on to have four children. You mentioned Josh, but also Jared, Lexi, and Luke. And you yep. know, I just want wanted to touch on we had a blast a couple months back just being able to interview uh, your second son Jared and just yeah. being able to hear a little bit more about you know his future when it comes to pursuing baseball and I was really able to relate with him because you know he really is pursuing something like fathering uh, following in his father's footsteps just like I am in the counseling and psychology realm and so it was great to hear what I appreciate about you just mm -hmm. from you know his standpoint his viewpoint mm -hmm. is that you brought this this form of acceptance and approval and love, regardless of what you know path he chose to take, regardless of the results on the baseball field, and same with my dad. And I think it's so significant, um, the job that we get to play as men and as fathers and as leaders of the home, 
So that's kind of what I want to ask you here for a second is can you help us understand a little bit what I tell my dad all the time, right? His Father's Day is kind of approaching here soon. It's because of his love or the love of my earthly father. I'm now better able and equipped to understand the love of my heavenly father. So Mr. Andy, what is mm-hmm. it exactly that you really appreciate so much about being a dad and now a grandfather? And what are you trying Ooh. to instill within your kids and your family on a daily basis? Yeah, it's, you know, it, it is, it's a blessing. I mean, obviously I, I know Laura feels the same way. I mean, you know, our, our children are given to us by God. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and so we are, we are supposed to raise them and, and, and his word and to teach him and, and teach them, you know, his word. And yeah. I mean, that's biblical. That's what the Bible tells us. Right. And so we always tried to do that. Um, we always try to do that. And, it, it, it's, it's, I count it, you know, I take it very serious yeah. being a father. Um, when you play professional baseball, you're gone an awful lot. And right. especially yeah. when your family lives in, in Houston and, and, or, and I'm playing in New York and I'm away yeah. from the family, but you know, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time on the phone. It's a lot of time, you know, mm-hmm. when text messaging just came out, I think, you know, and you start yeah. able to be able to send kids text messages and send them scripture and and try to pour into them and talk to them uh you know about how difficult this world is and mm. and this world's getting even more difficult the stuff mm. that's being thrown at at kids it's on social media that my mm. oldest boy you know josh probably didn't even have to deal with you know right. and i'll tell you you know i talk a lot to people and, and a lot of times you know people ask you like hey you know now that you're retired, what's a win for you? You know, obviously when you played baseball, you know what a win is, right? It's just evident, right? My name's, I either got the loss or I got the win. I'm 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 in the newspaper, I'm on the back page, I'm either the hero or I'm the goat, right? They take a picture of you and stuff like that. So now it's like, you know, what's a win to you, you know? And I I mean, I'm just so blessed, you know, I'm so blessed. Mm -hmm. I mean, my son, Josh, my oldest son, he played baseball, had a lot of arm issues, had four elbow surgeries in college. Oh, and, wow. you know, he's given us two beautiful grandbabies now, two, mm-hmm. you know, granddaughters, Presley and Landry, mm-hmm. who are amazing. And, 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 you know, Josh, I look at things and I think about, you know, wins is like, you know, he's helping teach uh, my ba- high school baseball team. He helps out with our Bible studies, you know. And so, I mean, I just like for me, that's what what a huge win that is, you know. And right. then we just got home from Florida. We went and visited Jared this past weekend. Hmm. And to see Jared just how he's walking and navigating this minor league, you know, lifestyle nice. right now and stuff like that. And being able to go to church with him on Sunday and meeting the pastor and seeing that he's kind of enthroned himself into a church there in mm-hmm. Jupiter and, and, and he knows everybody, all the pastors know him and he's already, you know, wow. met up with them and has talked to him. And so, you know, that that's, you look at that, it's a huge win for me. My daughter's at Dallas Baptist playing volleyball. Uh, wow. She's serving the Lord and loving the Lord and just let, you know, and, and then I've got my youngest, you know, yeah. I got a junior in high school still. Right. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. I got grandbabies. You got all this stuff going on. You got to remember, I got to raise one more, you know, I got to raise one more and hopefully, you know, Luke will, will follow in the footsteps of, of his Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters, hopefully. And, you know, yes, I try to, I try to have, you try to always have guys around. I also always wanted my boys to look up to my, my friends that I hang out with also 
just yeah. even in case dad, you know, sometimes you don't always want to talk to dad or, you know, dad mm -hmm. be the influence. So I try to surround them with godly men, you know, mm -hmm. and, and we do Bible studies over here for my high school team. I always make sure I do it here at our house and stuff like that. I just really enjoy doing that with the kids. And so, you know, so th those are some of the things I think about, you know, just when you yeah. ask me about being a father and, and, you know, what that looks like and, and just, man, I just, I take it very seriously that, you know, I want to leave a legacy. I want, when I'm gone, I want my kids to not think that I wanted them to be professional baseball players. I right. want them to know my daughter to know that all I care about is that you are serving Jesus Christ and trying to honor him and serving others. And, and, and if, you know, we're blessed beyond belief mm. and we should, uh, we should share those blessings with others. That's for sure. Amen. Hmm. It's really refreshing to hear your seriousness in yeah. your calling as a father, mm. um, because I think that's just very uncommon yeah. um, nowadays, just in our culture. Sometimes that just goes by, and sometimes our culture rewards like career or like different mm. accomplishments. But it's like I can feel like almost even more enthusiasm in you and your face like when you talk about your kids as mm -hmm. a dad than even like you being the goat and you right. being the greatest of all time and i feel like right. that's such such a cool testament to who you are mm -hmm. um and i know that like you were talking about like what's a win now mm -hmm. um and also just life kind of being uh difficult at times and looking for those wins and as we know in sports there's like these wins and then there's these losses there's highs and lows mm -hmm. all throughout as we travel through life like as a parent as an athlete in our career and um romans eight twenty eight says we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Mm. This reality that God will always bring good, even from things that Satan intends for evil. Yeah. So Andy, can you help us understand um, in your life specifically, what does God's grace look like? And what has he revealed to you about who he is mm. in your life experiences? Yeah, man, that's a you know that's such a, a deep question, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> I not hit you with that. Goodness, um, you know, like like you said, I mean, life just brings us so many you know ups and downs, and and so many mountaintops and so many valleys. And you know, I guess when you know, I, I just think about that question, uh, the the thing that immediately stands out to me is really asking about God's grace and maybe, I guess, exam, you know, maybe asking examples of that or what I've seen in my life. So, you know, I don't know if you know this, but it's something that I've been sharing because I feel like God gives us stuff um, for, for us to share and, mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, it helps, you know, someone you know, or someone else, but I, sometimes our pain can maybe be, you know, a, a good purpose for someone else. But, you know, last year we lost Laura's parents to, uh, to COVID. Um, we, we lost both of them on the same day within three wow. hours of each other. Wow. And, you know, so just kind of, you know, you, you, obviously it's, it, it's a hard time that it was a hard thing to walk through. Laura still is, is mm. it's very extremely difficult for her to deal mm. with, but, you know, you, you asked me about God's grace and it's like, you know, we can even see God's grace in, in that. Uh, I mean, and it's hard to find, you know, it's so hard yeah. to find when you're like, God, why would you take mm. our parents, you know, both of them within hours of each other. And, 
Mm-hmm. I remember as we were walking through that, um, we knew her dad was was in bad shape and her mom was supposed to be fine, you know, and all Laura complained or cried about for days was, you know, who's going to tell my mom that mm-hmm. my dad's gone, you know, because they were both in intensive care right next door to each other on the same mm-hmm. floor. And, and, but both of them were out of it. You really couldn't, you know, you couldn't speak with them and stuff like that. And so I'm telling you, Laura cried and cried and cried about who is going to tell my mom that her husband of 60 years is gone, you know, because we can't, we're not allowed to go in the rooms because of COVID and stuff like that. And so anyhow, so to make a real long story short, I mean, God ended up taking Laura's mom, um, it was a shock. We were told that morning that we thought that she had a long road to recovery, but we were told that she was going to be fine. Her oxygen levels were fine and her kidneys ended up, you know, just malfunctioning in her. And she went, you know, went into cardiac arrest and passed away. And as horrible as that was, you know, now Laura is able to just look out and knowing that her dad was on a ventilator and, you know, we were going to, you know, that same day we were actually headed to Dallas to turn the ventilator off and let him go ahead and see Jesus. But it's just amazing that you can see God's grace in, in that, in death, you know? And so for me, that's one example. I mean, and, and, and just knowing that, that, I mean, God's character is just, is always there for us. He is, he is a loving father. And I mean, Laura literally, was begging God, you know, just take them both really and truly, you know, and, yeah. you know, and she'll even tell you, I mean, she's prayed so much for so many different things and you feel like, man, God, you can't even hear me. You're not listening to me. You're just, yeah. you know, you want to bang your head up against the desk. But one thing that she really, really needed and really wanted, and that was it. And, and, you know, God answered, almost answered that prayer, you know? So you just look at God and you just know that he's always working and he's always in the midst, even in the horrible and tragic times of our lives. And so that question, that's kind of, you know, kind of what, you know, brought to me, that was kind of what I thought about when you asked me that question. And even like you're saying, Mr. Andy, even when we can't track or trace God, we can trust him. And something yeah. that I've shared on this podcast several times is a quote by Max Licato where he talks a lot about God's sustaining grace that he offers us, which is really saying it's not promising the absence of pain in our life, but it's promising his presence in the midst of our pain always. And sir, you know, We've loved this conversation and we so appreciate you up front just for your willingness to join us and to open up and be vulnerable about experiences like that. We thank you. But as we come to a close, you know, I want you to kind of speak directly into the life of a listener today who may feel discouraged, who maybe is listening and they feel hopeless, they feel lost, they feel like they're forgotten, they feel like God's not in their midst. What would you share, Mr. Andy, something that God's placed in your heart for this specific moment, for that specific person that would hopefully just spark some hope, encouragement, and motivation in their life to just go out and live differently today? Yeah, you know, I would say that, you know, first and foremost, if there's listeners out there that truly don't, if you don't know Jesus, is to accept him, right? I mean, accept, you you have to accept Jesus Christ and 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 you know realize that we're we're sinners and and that we we need to be saved and we need a personal relationship with Jesus and if you do have that right i mean we've talked about it life is a battle i mean it is yeah. if if you haven't walked through 
a valley, you're going to, you know, I mean, if, if, you know, obviously when I was a younger man in my life, it seemed like everything was pretty much rosy, you know, And, and then all of a sudden, things start coming along. And I mean, there's some serious valleys that you have to walk through. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I would just encourage people to do is, is pursue Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, really pursue him, mm-hmm. um, you know, spend time with him. You, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if we don't, we dry up like That's spiritually, right. you dry up if mm-hmm. you're not talking to him, yes. if you're not getting in his word, if you're not letting the Holy spirit work, in, in, in your in your heart, you know, I mean, so really and truly, I would just encourage people spend time with Jesus, go get in quiet place, listen mm-hmm. to, to worship music. We are in such a busy and crazy world. Yeah. I mean, people always have to have stuff right at the palm of their hand, stuff mm-hmm. that most of the time is all distracting. Yes. Stuff that's right. just distracting, you know, and the cell phones are mostly the culprit of that, you know, yeah. and I, I'm not, a, I'm not saying I'm not against cell phones, but, you know, put the cell phone somewhere and put, get mm-hmm. it away from you and, you know, play some, your worship, you know, music and yeah. just, anyhow, mm-hmm. just really, I would say, try to focus a little bit more on pursuing Jesus in your life mm-hmm. and try to look at the positive. There's so much negative going on in the world mm-hmm. today, but look around and try to look at all the great things and all the good things that God has blessed you with. So that that's the, really the, the biggest thing that, that I would say. I mean, we are, mm-hmm. we are, we are supposed to look different in this world, you know, yes. we, as yeah. Christians, we, we're not supposed to blend yep. right in, you know, yeah. and we know that walking the Christian life is not going to be easy. It's not mm-hmm. going to be, you know, always pretty. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's going to be painful. And mm-hmm. I, I think we've all experienced that. If you are a Christian, you might lose friends, yeah. You might lose family members. You might have people get upset with you or whatever. But, I mean, you just can't go wrong walking with Jesus. That's for sure. Amen. Hmm. Dang, Annie, thank you for just speaking that truth into someone who may be discouraged or yeah. dry right now. Because yeah. that is, that's the water. That's mm. the well. Like, we worship Him in spirit and truth. And if, if we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. Because right. He comes near to the brokenhearted. He's a present help in time of trouble. Mm. So thank you, Andy, for encouraging us in that. And just reminding us that He is always working in our midst, yeah. no matter yeah. what our circumstances are. Yeah. So we, Yeah, come on. So we feel... So grateful. Thank you for taking this time just mm-hmm. to encourage us, encourage everyone listening, and um, just using the talents and gifts that God's given you, not for yourself, but for Him. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you all for having me. Man, everybody, what a powerful episode, Dang, huh, bro? so good. Yep. It was so good. Just hearing Andy, someone who is just a legend in the baseball world, open up about you know some things that he's had to go through, but also just about how faithful and how yes. loving our God is. Yes. I think that really resonated with me. But you know, something else that resonated with me was what we talked about in the opening. Yep. was just the power and the significance of relationships. That's what something that Andy Pettit understands. Mm-hmm. There's an old adage that asks the question, or it's a riddle really at the end of the day that says, how the turtle get on top of the fence? Mm-hmm. Somebody put him there. Right? Yeah. You can't get on <laughs> top true. of life. You can't get on top of the fence without other people helping push you, challenge you, and propel you to heights you could have never fathomed or yes. imagined. And I think Andy not only understood that about God, 
but he also understood that about the people that he surrounded himself with, right? We've always heard the quotes, you are who you hang out with, or you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Those yep. are two of the most common quotes that I've heard throughout my life and upbringing. But I think too, when you talk about spiritual discipline, right? When you talk about growing in the faith, mm. everybody, we always talk about mentorship. And there is an article that I just read, it just says, everybody needs a Paul, right? Paul developed a close relationship with Timothy. Yep. And he actually led Timothy to salvation it tells us in Acts, but then in Philippians, it tells us that he became his spiritual father and mentor. Yes. Timothy was probably just this young teenager, right? He was shy and secure, but Paul was the opposite. And Paul was able to pour into him. Yes. But also, I believe that everybody needs a Timothy as well. Yes. We need people to not only to pour into us, but we also need people to pour into because the best form mm -hmm. of learning is through teaching. I think it's evident from the very beginning in Genesis that we were made for one thing, and that's a relationship, yes. right? And so if we actually pull away from relationship, especially in our hardest moments, Brooke, we're going against the very thing that we were intended or created for. Yes. And so just being able and willing to understand that we can ask for help, it's okay. Come on. It's okay to be pushed. It's okay to push into relationship rather yes. than pull away. And I think that's what it's all about. Yes, because Satan would love for us to get isolated and by ourselves because that's when we can believe lies that he's telling to us. Instead, yeah. if our buddy's next to us and like, that's not true, Brooke. That yeah. is not true. They can kind of hold you accountable and encourage you in that way. Yeah. And building on upon what you're saying, Zach, about the necessity for these core relationships, mm. we see all throughout the Old and New Testament this theme that the way that things grow in nature mm. is actually the way that things grow spiritually right. because they're all under the same order, God's order that he set up in the universe. Mm. And when we look at nature, if the things in nature grow the same thing spiritually, in nature, nothing grows by itself. Right. You cannot name one thing that is off on an island growing by itself because everything needs an ecosystem of other plants and things that are growing that it's connected to. Yeah. And I think a beautiful example of this is actually the redwoods in yep. California. These are these huge trees. Huge. They are 240 feet high. Wow. Now, Zach, this is what's crazy about the redwoods. Not a lot yeah. of people know. Redwoods are 240 feet high. Right but their roots are only six feet deep. What? Now picture that, like the trunk goes yeah. all the way up, but then the roots are super shallow. Right. So like when I think about that, I'm like, I can just sneeze and that thing will blow over. Like how, right. are, how are there so many of them just standing? You know yeah. what I mean? And like, what if an earthquake happens? But <laughs> the way that they stay standing and stay thriving, stay growing to these heights they could never reach is that all of their roots are actually intertwined, interconnected with the trees that are next to them. Up to miles away, a tree can be connected to another tree, wow. which is insane. Yeah. And what they do in these root systems is they send nutrients, they send water. If there's a fire that's like a mile away, they can yeah. send more water to that tree and keep wow. it alive. And that's the same thing with us in these relationships. Yes. What Andy's talking about, what you're talking about, Zach, is we need these relationships in order to get to places we never thought we could be yeah. 240 feet high yeah right. we need our buddies next to us connected to us mm. reminding us scripture and truth to encourage us and press us on mm. so 
We were so grateful for Andy's message today and yeah. just his wisdom and his experience. And um, that was such a fun, fun interview to be a part of. Really so guys, nice. thank you so much for joining us today. And as always, we'll see you next, next time on the Built Different Podcast. Podcast.